Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. So we are going to have a preaching of the word. And uh, Andrew just stood at the door to remind me if you're booked in for baptismal teaching or you're interested, if you could join him at the door, he will take you out into the office. So Rich is speaking to us this morning. Yes, he is. He is. This theme continues. Chains are breaking. It's been a privilege to see Rich grow. And um, God has prepared a word for him and through him. Let's hear what he's got for us. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, that's so you uh, have to all submit to me at the end. Okay. So, good morning, everyone. Um, Most of you know me, and my ministry is normally in that kitchen at the back. I don't like to be up front. I like to hide away in the kitchen, and um, that's where I feel most comfortable. But in this season, God has really spoke to me, and he has not just spoke to me, but he's pushing me out the nest and it's really great that Kate's preaching later on about coming out the nest because I feel like God has just like full-on kicked me out of that nest. Um, It's such an honour and privilege to be up here today and to share what God's put on my heart for you guys this morning. So I think at the age of 35 I've eventually hit that time in my life when I can say I'm officially an adult. In the last year God has Sorry, in the last year, I've developed a new hobby. So I've been on the journey of buying a house for the last year. um, And God has given me this new hobby of going to DIY shops. I developed this new thing of going out, looking at things for my house, interior stuff, things for the garden. And I really enjoyed doing that, which is really bizarre because that never, ever before have I ever wanted to go look around a DIY shop. Um... Is there anybody else here that has that, that thing where they like to go look around DIY shops? All the time. Yeah. Um, whilst Rory and Sharice have been moving house, it's become sort of our new thing. We meet at B&Q and we have a little walk around. <laughs> looking at stuff for their house, looking at stuff for my house, getting ideas together. Um, and it's really bizarre, but we actually really enjoy it now. But whilst walking around the DIY shop, I was drawn to the hardware aisle. And whilst in the hardware aisle, I came across a row of chains. And then it was then when God put something on my heart. Because I saw that these chains all come in different sizes, different weights, and they all have different symbolic meanings to people. It was then that I felt God saying, in order to see breakthrough, we need to see some chains broken. When reflecting on chains breaking, I was reminded of this verse in the Bible of how powerful salvation is, really is in breaking chains and turning our back on our sin. So in the Bible, in Galatians 5.1, it says, It is for the freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. 
It was then that I was reminded that before I was saved, how bound up in chains I was, and that these were in the forms of so many different sins in my life. And I'd allowed these sins in, and they weighed heavy on me. So, and I wasn't really living out the true purpose in my life. It, it was in that moment I received a complete revelation from God whilst in B&Q. That by accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, he had broken all my chains and will continue to break chains because of the power of what he did on the cross. So he will continue to keep breaking chains in each and every one of your lives if you fully let him into your life and accept him as your Lord and Saviour. However, there are moments when we can all feel stuck in our sin and we can all feel that at times. And the feeling of stuck can often leave us feeling hopeless, but there is good news to us all in here today, that Jesus has the power to break chains in our lives of all things that are holding us back or holding us down. The power of the blood of Christ is a godsend for all those that are willing to accept the ways of God without cringing. Though the blood of Jesus is not in any way magical, it is non Nonetheless, a crucial and foundational to receiving any bit benefit from what, of whatsoever from God. So what do I mean by that? So through the power of Christ, we can see walls breaking down. We can be faithful. We can see him um, casting out fear from our lives. He brings us out of darkness. But that's through the power of, of Christ. He can remit us of our sin. He can bring us, away, bring us closer to God. He grants us forgiveness for our sins as well. So if you're taking notes today, my message is called, Is Jesus the Bolt Cutter in Your Life? So, in order for us to see where Jesus has broken the chains in my life, I'm going to take you on my story of salvation. This will truly illustrate of the chains that Jesus has broken in my life. Okay, so are you ready for this? Let me just get a little bit of water. Okay, let's rewind the clock, 35 years. So I was born Richard William Smith on the 9th of February, 1987. And throughout my childhood, I grew up believing in God and attending a Church of England school. But I never knew the true relationship with God. It was all just about going through the motions, going to school, singing the hymns, saying the Lord's Prayer daily, never truly knowing what that relationship is to have with God. That he could have that intimate, personal relationship with me, and it wasn't just about religion. But then it was in 1999 when my brother passed away at the age of 25 and I was only 12 years old that I completely turned my back on God. As I thought, if there was a true God, why would he let my brother die at such a young age, leaving behind his three-year-old daughter? But life continued for me. And through my teens, it was good. I had a loving family. I grew up in such a loving household, nothing to complain about. I had a mum and dad. You know, life was good. We went on nice holidays. We did great stuff together as a family. So I then left school at the age of 16. And I decided I was going to go and train to be a chef. And all of you benefit from that gift now. 
And it was amazing. It was an amazing time in my life. I got to travel the world. I got to go to Dubai. I went to France, um, Germany, all over Europe while I was training to be a chef. And I actually got to work in a four-star hotel in the Lake District. Such lovely place to work, great scenery, great place to be. Um, but then at the age of 17, my life had a bit of a roller coaster. It completely changed for me. Because that loving family that I'd had and that um, loving relationship I'd had as a kid all dissolved because my dad passed away <clears throat> and left me seeking a father figure in my life. I had no father, I had no role models to look up to. I still needed a dad in my life. I needed somebody to help guide me and support me. Um, and it's a, a, at the age of 17, you don't expect to lose your father and be left with just your mum and your sister. And, you know, so I set out, I started to seek for that father figure in my life. I just wanted somebody to get alongside me and support me and, you know, be that dad in my life. However, I didn't find that father figure in my life. And I actually turned to drink as sort of a release. So I'd go out partying. And as a chef, it's really easy. I was only 17, but it's really easy to go out and party because, you know, you get going out with all the other chefs and you just get invited to go to these parties and clubs and stuff and people let you in. And it was amazing. Well, I thought it was amazing. Um, at the time, you know, I was going out, drinking loads, going in, sleeping, getting up at two o'clock, doing a shift, going out, drinking it. It was a never-ending cycle. Um, and I didn't realise the impact that that was having on me at the time. So I then moved back from the Lake District and went back to live in North Lincolnshire in sunny Scunny. Um, to be around my mum because I felt like my mum really needed me back in her life at that point. Um, and it was then that I met my manager at work. And that was great. I finally found somebody that I could look up to. He was 20 years old. He was that fatherly figure in my life. I could really look up to him. And I thought, this is amazing. I found that dad. That's somebody that I need to, like, guide me. And it was great. He was in the same profession as me, so he could really, like, guide me in my work life as well. Um, but my eyes were closed to what was really going on at that time because I just wanted that father figure. I couldn't see past that, and I didn't realise what was actually going on. I couldn't see that slowly, by engaging in a loving relationship with him, that I was slowly being groomed into something different. I was losing my own identity as Rich Smith. I was starting to get a new identity. And then it happened. And I don't know how it happened, but it happened overnight. I fell in love with him. And that was like, wow, <laughs> I've got a father figure and I've got somebody that I love. And it was like that became, started to slowly become my identity. And then, without warning, I took on this homosexuality. And it was holding me back as a person, but I didn't know that at that time. Because I thought I'd found true love. But the reality was this relationship was formed on abuse because he'd groomed me to be this person that he wanted me to be. So it was actually the relationship was just formed on abuse. This sexual sin then began to escalate and spiral out of control. I was not aware that it was spiraling out of control. I was stuck in it. You can't see, when you're in the darkness, you can't see the light. You can't see the, uh, the wood for the trees when you're in it. And I couldn't see what was actually going on. So it went from having this relationship with a man that was 20 years older, 
and it then became sleeping with random men on nights out. Going to cruising spots, sleeping with random men in laybys, sleeping with random men in public toilets. I'd got this obsession of like going out and being in sexual sin all the time, and I just couldn't stop it. I always wanted to be out there chasing after the next man, luring him back to my bed. I'd also developed this obsession of sleeping with married men. It was almost that I wanted to find the next married man to sleep with, the next married man that I could go in and break up their marriage and almost bring abuse to their life. And it was just crazy. It was going on and on and on. And I just couldn't see where this was going to stop because I'd become addicted to it. I love the adrenaline pump that I got from going out and sleeping with people. I love that adrenaline pump from finding my next man I could chase after, finding the next married man that I could go in and break up his marriage. I loved it. I thrived from it. But when I think and I reflect back on that, I knew deep down in my soul that this sexual sin was impacting on my life. I knew it was wrong, and I knew that what I was doing was wrong to other people. But that's only through reflection now. Now that I'm saved, I can see what I was doing, and it was wrong. <clears throat> I also knew it was wrong, because at the time, I didn't realise, but I was actually keeping it a secret from my family. I didn't want them to know. And when I look back, I think, well, why wouldn't I want them to know? I, I felt like I was happy in what I was doing, so why wouldn't I want them to know? But it's because I had full guilt over it. I felt guilty, dirty, I was ashamed of what I was doing. But you can't see that when you're in it. And it's only now that I can truly reflect and go, I felt dirty and ashamed for what I was doing. This lifestyle continued for around 10 years. I just went in and out of abusive relationships. I almost seeked that abusive relationship. I wanted to be in those sort of relationships where I got abused, I got treated like dirt. And I would go out and I would almost seek those relationships. When I was preparing this message, I really started to feel like, why did I feel that way? Why did I want to be in those relationships? And I think it's because I felt guilty about what I was doing. And it was almost like I wanted to punish myself for what I was doing to other people. So I seeked out to punish myself in other ways. And that was from going back into abusive relationships to get punishment. I felt so trapped in this lifestyle that I was unable to escape. And it was, I was almost fearful that if this lifestyle ended, that I would lose my identity as Rich Smith, that I wouldn't be able to identify as anything else because that's all I'd known since I was 17. And if I stepped away from that, what would I have as a person? I'd have nothing to give to anybody. Nobody would know me for who I really am. But it was in 2013, I was given the opportunity to move away from being a chef and have a complete career change. So I started my journey to become a registered learning disability nurse. And during this time, I, was, I began to work in a care service in Nottingham. And I bumped into my now best friend Rory, sat on the back row. And I could instantly tell there was something different about him. I couldn't tell you what it was, but there was just something different about this guy. I never really got to speak to him to begin with, but there was just something about him that drew me closer to him. 
Um, and without knowing each other long, we were sat at work one day and this conversation just came up about church. I think Rory was supposed to be going to church at night time. He was waiting for somebody to cover his shift and he just asked him, what's your church you go to? Just making polite conversation. Um, and then he started to talk to me a little bit about church. He said he goes to the rock church. And I was a bit like, what's the rock church? And, you know, those conversations kind of started. But it was in that moment that I said to Rory these words. People that go to church don't like people like me. I'll just say that again, just so you understand where I was coming from at that time. I said, people that go to church don't like people like me. Because I felt at that time that people in church did not like homosexual men. That you hated gays, that you would try and preach the Bible to me, you'd try and convert me. And that you just didn't really like me, you didn't know how to deal with people like me. And that's how I felt. But I really want to honour Rory today because he never gave up on me. He just continued to keep sharing about Jesus with me. He shared his testimony. He did not give up on me, even though I challenged him at times. And I asked him questions after question after question about it. And I challenged him on his stance on homosexuality. He did not give up on me. He just continued to love me like Jesus would. It was then, on the 8th of December 2013, I made that bold step. I walked into the Rock Church. And Rory had set me up good and proper that day. <laughs> I return up at church and he goes, we're on set up today. And do you know what? I've never looked back since, Simon. <laughs> But it really helped me. It helped me to relax into church that night. It helped me to talk to people, to make friends. And that was the first step in my journey. I could see that people in church did actually like me. And they didn't, they didn't make me feel dirty, ashamed or anything. They actually liked me for who I was as a person. And that was crucial in part of my salvation. Is that I needed to know that people in church liked me for who I was. But it didn't just stop at the setup. It went on to be a complete baptism of fire that night. So I get talking to Kate, and we've got a little bit of a bond because we're both from Sunny Scunny. She, she introduces herself and says, Oh, are you rich from Scunthorpe? We're having this lovely conversation. And then we turn. And at the back of church, there's Chloe and Caleb having a full on fight at the back of church. I didn't know who they were at that time. All I saw was Kate move over, grab them both, and walk out of church. And I was like, oh my gosh, what on earth is going on in this building? Is this normal church? Is this what we do in church? Apparently it was. <laughs> it was great though. It showed me that church is, is like real life. It, things can happen, things can pop off at any time. And it was amazing just to be in that building. I didn't get saved that night. I'm a bit of a reflector in life, so I won't just kind of shove my hand up and say stuff. I'll actually go away and reflect on things. I don't like to just commit to things unless I've reflected and I actually know it's in my heart to do things. So the next day, I get chatting over text message to Rory again. And I said, I had this amazing sort of feeling when I got home from church. I had this feeling inside me and I, I can't describe it. It felt light and it felt good. 
And Rory's like, it's the Holy Spirit. I think he was more excited than me at that time. It was great. But I continued to text him. I wanted to ask more and more questions because I'm like, I don't want to just give my life to Jesus. I wanted to actually, you know, fully know that this was a God moment, that this was, this was my salvation. So we continued to text. And with loads of encouragement, Rory was like, you need to do the sinner's prayer. Just get on and do it. And I was at college that day, so it was like, well, where am I going to do the sinner's prayer? So I made that bold decision. I was like, off we go again. So I went in the toilet at college, and I just did the sinner's prayer over the phone with Rory. And it was like the most amazing time I've ever had. <laughs> and such a bizarre place to do it. So if you're new to church you know at the time we we give our life to jesus we get given this red book and in this book it has the sinner's prayer in it which is the same prayer that i read out when i was saved but just to give a little bit of context to the sinner's prayer it's a prayer of repentance it's prayed by individuals who feel the presence of sin in their lives and have the desire to form a new or renew a personal relationship with god through jesus christ and just so you're aware of what I actually read out that day, I'm going to just read it quickly to you. Heavenly Father, I realise that I am a sinner and I've broken your laws. I understand that my sin has separated me from you. I am sorry and I ask you to forgive me. I accept the fact that your son Jesus Christ died for me, was resurrected and is alive today and hears my prayers. I, am now, I now open my heart's door and invite Jesus into in to become my lord and savior i give him control and ask it that he would rule and reign in my heart so that his perfect will would be accomplished in my life in jesus name i pray amen but it wasn't long into my journey that i came across this scripture in the bible which is acts 16 to 26 Suddenly, a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, and all at once, every prison door flung open, and the chains of the prisoners came loose. It was by reading this that I got revelation, that if Jesus could break the chains holding them captive, he could break any chain holding me captive in my life. And guys, he can set everyone free that is from what is keeping you bound up today. Just let me read that to you again. It was by reading this that I got revelation that if Jesus could break the chains and holding me captive, he could break, sorry, holding them captive, he could break the chains holding me captive. And he can do that in each and every one of your lives today. If there's something that's binding you up, he can intercept and he can break those chains today. It was at that moment that I found that I was fully set free from that life that I'd been living. That sin of homosexuality was dropping off me. I no longer wanted to go out sleeping with men. I no longer wanted to go out, you know, randomly picking up men. I wanted to set my eyes on Jesus. And I realised today that there might be some people in this room that don't see homosexuality as a sin. And that's okay, that's your own belief. However, I know from reading the Bible, it clearly says that the act of sleeping with men or sleeping with women sleeping with women is sin. I'm just going to turn to this scripture in the Bible, which is Romans 1, 26-27. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. 
for their woman for their woman exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with a passion for one another men committing shameless acts with men and receiving them themselves due to a pencil for their error it is and also i just also wanted to bring this to your attention today that it's now illegal for churches to carry out what they class as conversion therapy so that means that as churches we should no longer be praying for people that are homosexual even if they want to be set free it can be seen that in law that it's a crime to pray for them but i want to stand here today and say that jesus is the one that set me free not you guys praying for me it was actually the work that jesus did in my life that set me free and if we want to see that in people's lives, it should not be made illegal. It, people should be freely allowed to go to Jesus and ask for forgiveness and get set free and get those chains ripped off them. So by doing that, and um, reading that scripture in the Bible, it made me even more convicted. I no longer wanted to sleep with men. I wanted to get my eyes completely focused on Jesus. I wanted to be set free. I no longer wanted to be bound up in that sin of homosexuality. However, as we know, that sin doesn't always just go overnight. At times, I still had that desire. But how did I accomplish not falling? It was by keeping my eyes completely fixed on Jesus, reading my Bible, getting in the Word. You know, that's the only way that we can keep focused at times. And if temptations come in our way, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. The church website says, We welcome those that are single, happily married, unhappily married, divorced, gay, desperate. Whether you look great in skinny jeans or could afford to lose a few pounds, all are welcome. This doesn't mean that as Christians that we have to accept people's sin. It means that we have to love them like Jesus would. And that is what he's trying to say. It doesn't mean that we have to accept their sin. We just have to believe that Jesus will work through them. We just need to keep loving people. No matter what their backgrounds are, where they come from, we just need to love them. So Jesus doesn't want us to be bound up in our sins. So here are six ways I believe we can help break the chains that are in our lives to truly see breakthrough. So the first one is repent and turn away from sins in our lives that keep us bound up. So what do I mean by repent? I mean a sincere remorse for, this, for your sins and asking for forgiveness from God. The second one is pray. So ask somebody to get, stand by you. Ask them to pray. I know when I've had that desire to act upon sin in my life, I've asked people to pray. I get around people that are close to me and I can be open, honest and say to them, can you pray with me over this in my life? You know, we have to get around people. We have to ask for prayer at times. There's so much power in the prayer and we need to go forth and get that power to see uh, our sins lifted off our life. The third step we can do is get yourself a mentor that can help you journey through what you're going through. And this could be in many different ways. It could be the traditional mentoring where you have one person mentoring you. You could get in a pod so three people that are very similar could get together and have that mentorship relationship. It could be peer mentoring. 
you know, that, but these people are here to help you to journey through and be set free in life. I want to ask if, you know, I want to put it on people's hearts today. If you want to be a mentor, you know, today, pray about it and go see Lynn or Simon. You know, it's a great thing to be able to work, work with people and see them set free. My fourth one is stay accountable. So me and Rory, we have a little WhatsApp uh, message every day. We stay accountable. We stay accountable in two areas at the moment. One is reading the Bible daily because you need the word of God in you. And the second one is around sexual sin. So we keep each other accountable. We do that because we're, we're brothers in Christ and we've got that personal relationship. So we just do a little message every day. How are you doing? And we have a little tally and keep each other on check. So... The Methodists had um, a little way to keep people accountable. So John Wesley devised a series of accountability questions for members of the Methodist movement to help ensure that they were all growing in holiness as a key part of their discipleship. So these questions could be from their weekly meetings where they would meet together as three or five people of the same gender. And these were known as band meetings. And they would ask each person the following question. What known sins have you committed since our last meeting? What temptations have you met with? How were you delivered? And what have you thought, said or done which you doubt whether to be sin or not? So I want to challenge you today. Which of these accountability questions do you need to have someone ask you regularly to help maintain integrity and grow spiritual holiness? And who are the people you are willing to give permission to to ask you these questions on a weekly basis? My fifth point is complete the Freedom in Christ course. There's no better way to get freedom than understanding the biblical principles of freedom. I want to encourage anybody today that's feeling bound up, go speak to Lynn and sign up for that course. You will see yourself free at the end of it. I've done the course a couple of times and every time I get new revelation about freedom. And my sixth point is understanding your triggers in your life. So... Rory taught me this principle quite early on in my Christian journey, and I've stuck by it ever since. It's called HIT. Are you hungry? Are you isolated? Are you tired? These can be things that make you fall. If you're hungry, are you hungry for the word of God? Are you just hungry for food? Are you hungry for drink? If you've got a, a, an obsession with alcohol, is it because you, you're hungry for that drink? You know, it's about identifying those triggers. Are you isolated? Are you not getting around people? Are you around the wrong people that's making you feel more isolated? It's about truly identifying what are those triggers in your life. And are you tired? There's no bigger stumbling block than when you're tired. Your head switches off. You, it gives you that opportunity to drift into other thoughts, other feelings, and that can make you stumble. So to bring this into landing, it's clear that from letting Jesus in your life, he can fully break every chain binding you up. And this comes from allowing Jesus to fully work in your life. And I've just got a little bit of a demo that I want to do with Rory and Kate to show you what Jesus can do in your life today.
So as you can see, Rory is now bound up in chains and these chains are weighing heavy on him. They're holding him back from what God really wants to do in his life. So my challenge to you today is who, who's out there is gonna let Jesus be the bolt cutter in your life? Are you gonna fully let him into your life today to break those chains? So this is what Jesus will do if you fully let him in. So today, my challenge to you all is, in this room, is let Jesus be the bolt cutter in your life. Break those chains that are binding you up by allowing Jesus fully in to break those chains that are holding you down. And you will fully see breakthrough come once those chains are lifted off you today. So I want to ask anybody that is feeling bound up today to step forward for prayer and let Jesus do the bolt cutting in your life today so you can be fully set free. If you really want to see those chains off you today, you'd be running to the front now to receive prayer. This could be, fre this could be prayer for, you know, you could be feeling bound up by condemnation. It could be unbelief. It could be generational ties that are holding you down through your family. I want to encourage each and every one of you that is feeling bound up today to step forward for prayer and see deliverance in this place today. But it doesn't stop there. If you don't feel that you could come forward for prayer today, I would say get around somebody that you know well. Get around your mentor. Ask them for prayer. You know, really reach out to somebody. Stay accountable through the week and ask for the, them to help you to break those chains in your life. So as we sing the last song, I'd like people to come forward for prayer. The prayer team will be up. We've got prayer team on standby as well to help pray for you and to break those chains in your life. So I'm just going to hand over to the band.